Joyo Noel. Yo, good King Wences, lass. Oh, it's Christmas. It's Christmas, welcome to Sustainable... No. 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 Sustainable. Oh, yeah. What do you do? Oh, yes. I hate Christmas. Do you? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. It's a corpulent capitalist orgy of destruction, misery and animal death. Exactly. That's what, that's what makes it great. <laughs> yes, well, I'm going to tell you all the reasons I hate Christmas, and then you're going to tell me all the reasons to be cheerful. How's that? All right, that sounds like a deal. Good. Welcome, yeah. listener, to our uh, friendly little environment podcast, all about the planet and politics and why everything is so confusing. This week, with a festive bent, what have we got <laughs> coming up? Oh, well, we are going to have a quick run-through of some of the normal features um, relative to this week. So we've got some Arctic melting and some fracking and some government being numpties about soda, all the usual. Um, but we're not going to dwell on it too much because then we're going to do a review of the year. This little podcast, believe it or not, has been going chugging along for 12 solid months. Um, oh, so we're going to have four months off. Well, okay, <laughs> it's 12 months <laughs> since it started. 36 episodes, uh, and so we're going to draw from the previous 35 our favourite bits, um, including Sustainable of the Year, Cheer of the Year, Inhoff of the Year, and even Arabella of the Year. Um, so that's something I hope for everyone. And just the usual disclaimers, we do work for environmental charities, even when we don't feel very well. Mm, um, and even after Christmas parties. Even after Christmas parties. But these are very much our own views. If you have any problem at all with what we leave under your tree, take it up with Santa Claus and not with the person who made the present. All right? All right. These wonderful things are the things we remember all through our life. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling ring. Right, uh, I suppose we better do this, get it done. Uh, there's this is, been this is the sprouts, isn't it? We're having the sprouts first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before getting on to the delicious nut roast. Ugh. Uh, no, this is this. Is, it's been a rubbish week. There's no other way of putting it. Uh, not only uh, did we hear the news that the Arctic um, is already experiencing uh, what scientists are calling profound effects mm. of record high temperatures which apparently are only going to get higher next year because of old El Nino uh, which I thought was the name of a footballer but is apparently a massive global climate system um, good news uh, yes yeah, so everything's been very warm and we know that the, the poles extre- uh, experience even greater extremes in, in temperatures so the, the couple well, of degrees worse in, worse in Poland is it yes exactly very good uh, yes the, the, the bits at the top and the bottom of the planet um, are seeing kind of more and more warming than anywhere else and it's all melting and it's going bad and polar bears are aiming to swim further Ugh, we could bang on about this but just read the Guardian article and, and then go and sort of self-flagellate or whatever it is he's supposed to do um, what else has happened Dave we've had some fracking news haven't we 
Now, there's been some fracking news. You know a bit more about that than me. There's been some solar cut news. Um, I'll tell you about the solar cut news, if you like. Way back in episode 21, we first started banging on about this. The government's plans to get its chainsaw out and chop everyone's legs off who wants to put a solar panel on their roof. Well, they're going to do that, except now they're only going to take you off to the knees rather than the whole <laughs> leg. So, they've, yeah, they have uh, killed the solar industry pretty much. That's been confirmed this week. 18,000 jobs probably going to go. Massive cuts in subsidy. That's all been confirmed and hang on, it's hang a on. point yeah for you isn't oh, it that was not i thought you were going to try no, and no. try and skip on to the next no, section no, credit where it's due let's just have a little listen to what i said in the prediction section last week i think the long-running saga of the government the uk government's um pledge to cut feed-in tariffs for solar cut support for solar is going to come to a head I think they are going to publish their response. And you know what? They are going to publish it on the last day before recess, just before the MPs swan off for their Christmas break. Fair play. (laughs) That's pretty much (laughs) spot on. Congratulations and celebrations. They did, didn't they? They snuck it out. There was that massive, what they do this, you're so right, they do this every single year. year. They bring out on the last day before uh, home time, they bring out in one massive watch, they release everything. So they just chuck out this dispatch of documents of all of the things they've decided and they've snuck them out and then they go away. So in there, there was stuff about there's going to be another badger cull. That's going to happen again. Um, and yeah, yeah, and they've God. reviewed the bedroom tax and they've concluded it really hurts people. So they put out a thing about that. Um, and they announced some stuff about fracking. What did they announce? Well, they said, having having done several U-turns on this during the course of the year, they said that they are now going to let frackers drill um, underneath national parks and um, areas of special scientific interest, um, but not through them. So you, so you can have rigs lined up around the border of the South Downs uh, and then drilling downwards and then doing a, U-turn, doing a, a right-hand turn and going underneath these places and doing explosions under well, there. Uh, totally so that's got fine. people all a bit it's upset. Totally totally fine isn't it absolutely um, fine yeah. I feel like fracking has been our constant companion during our first year of babble <laughs> yeah. way back in episode 2 we looked at fracking episode frack 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 um, and it's been all the way through the constant murmur of politicians wanting to come and frack your ass has been going <laughs> My all ass. the way your ass in <laughs> particular although now we, they're not going to frack your ass in particular they're going to stand two feet off to the left of you they're going to drill under the floor and then they're going to frack your ass from underneath <laughs> as opposed to just coming in and fracking your ass from the side I suspect your ass won't really know the difference long range ass fracking for me yeah. uh yes well although it has been our constant companion in terms of talking about it it's worth noting that it has 2015 has been another year where there hasn't been any fracking in the uk uh so you know kind of good news on that front yeah, um yes solar very bad cuts not quite as bad as they said they were going to be but still bad and to final little flurry, turns out, um, as we we all know, the bees are knackered, but it turns out the butterflies are also screwed, aren't they, Dave? Yeah, they are. Um, and thanks a lot of coverage for friend of the babble, genuine BFF of the babble, friend of the babble, Chris Packham, who we Hi, interviewed. Chris. Hello, Chris May. Hello, who we interviewed in his gaff with his dogs in September. Go back and listen to episode 24. Um, and he's been uh, giving the not too cheery news that 
three quarters of Britain's native butterfly species are buggered, basically. They have declined over the last 40 years, and some of them are in real, real bother. And we talked about this back in episode 10, I think, all. We had a little Barney about it, about the pretty animals and the non-pretty animals. Mm. Um, And you were talking about the high brown fritillary or something like that. And you were saying, isn't it? It was a reason to be cheerful. And you were saying, isn't it a good news that the high brown fritillary has been saved? Oh, and yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, but only they've only done that by like really, really going out of their way to save an incredibly rare butterfly by like covering it in cotton wool and not letting it out, right? But actually, Spending butterflies in general per individual yeah. butterfly. The butterflies in general are buggered anyway. So um, that's what's going on. Good. Well, that's a lovely little roundup of yet another week of excellent news on the environment. Um, But can we just confirm then what are the final scores for predictions uh, for this year? Well, your brain is marginally better than mine at the moment. What go, go on? What's the score? Well, you've got five. Yay! One of which doesn't count, but I have decided to let that go. <laughs> I've got two and a half. Very. And I should have. I should have had more than that, but you're being stingy about it. If you'd let me have all my points, and I'd not let you have yours, it's basically a draw. So I'm Nostradamus, and you are not Radamus. <laughs> <laughs> I shall return and wreak my wing. <laughs> God, so look, we're not supposed to be miserable about stuff, are we? Because it's Christmas! Yay! Which is the annual festival of being happy for no reason, right? Um, Annual annual festival of spending loads of money you don't have for no reason. Yeah, buying presents for people that they don't want. I've been thinking about this, right? And I am going to ask you a question. Go, blimey. And the question is this. Is Christmas a bad thing for the planet? Ah. All right. Um, I think well, it is. let's. Uh, yeah, I know you think it is. I can tell by your face and your yeah. tone. Yeah. Uh, let's look at some of the cons. Um, well, a lot of stuff gets eaten, doesn't it? Like people eat a lot of meat uh, yeah, and a lot of, lot of turkeys. Are, ten uh, million, ten million turkeys in the ten UK. Ten million turkeys, of which half it says here are specifically bred for Christmas. So that is that right there is one big roller coaster of certain inevitable self-basting death. <laughs> so that's not very good, particularly uh, not particularly not if you are a turkey. For, for for a turkey, Christmas is very much a time for uh, receiving and not forgiving. Isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, okay, I can see how that's a, that's a negative thing. I mean, it's a positive if you like eating turkey and you find it delicious. Um, but but yes. we're talking about the planet, aren't we? So yeah, probably probably raising loads of birds in order to kill them and feeding them, no doubt, on lots of stuff. What's been grown where rainforest used to be. Mm, uh, but what about but what about the wind turbines killing all the birds? What about you eating all the birds? <laughs> Ridiculous people. <laughs> That's been another little theme of yes. 2015. <laughs> Dave getting cross <laughs> about people eating fowl. Uh, okay, so turkeys are bad. What, what other things happen? Well, well, okay, gross consumerism. I mean, there's no yeah. getting away from the fact that we are tuned and trained to go out and spend. It is our loyal duty to the to the crown and country to go out to Oxford Street, fight each other, and just throw credit cards at stupid bits of plastic. Joylessly. Uh, so I mean, that's the thing. It's so 
joyless, or maybe it's just me, I don't know, but I get such a, my brother listens to this podcast, I am sorry Owen for the for the strop I threw about this last year, but I do find the whole thing so, <laughs> did, you, pres- did you have a strop at home? I, I had a proper strop at him, I refused to buy any presents, and I said how would you what? feel about me not buying any presents, and he said I'll tell you how I feel about it, <laughs> buy me some bloody presents, that's how I feel about it, and he was, he was quite right, it was, you know, there's no, no room for opting out of Christmas is there really, really but it's no. so joy, you trudge around and you don't know what to get people, and you know they won't want it anyway and it's extraordinarily economically inefficient and so, oh, oh hang on explain that well so the thing is what you if i need to spend 20 pounds of my money right and you are expecting to receive something worth 20 pounds by far and away the best thing to do is me just to give you 20 pounds but instead what happens is i buy you something i think you might want which i don't really want to get for you anyway and what you receive you it well a clue I haven't spent £20. <laughs> oh, he spent more than £20. Oh, dear. Um, and you get it, and you probably didn't want it either, and the chances are it will sit on the shelf, or you'll give it away, or whatever, and it would just be a lot easier and a lot less wasteful if I gave you the money, and you could do what you normally do, which is buy 10 cans of skull with it. <laughs> okay, well, that may be true, but I don't really think Christmas should be distilled down to what is most economically efficient. And, you know, I definitely won't get the warm, fuzzy feeling I get of thinking, oh, Dave's actually thought long and hard about what to get me. And he's, he's been really, he, he knows me, he pays attention, he takes an interest and he's bought me um, that Cambridge United scarf that I've always wanted. Uh, that you can't, you can't economically efficient your way out of that. That's a nice thing. If uh, I bought you 10 cans of Skull for Christmas, would that be all right? Yeah, it'd be lovely. Right, shut up and get what you're given then. Please, sir, I want some more. What? Okay, so economically it's not brilliant, um, and it does obviously kind of fuel this cycle of consumer debt. Uh, into which and, to be and, 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 oh God, is there and, a pun coming? no, there's no pun coming, but what did you go out and buy the other day? Be more specific. <laughs> What's that big green pointy plant you recently brought into your house? <laughs> The one I'm watching die in my house for a couple yes. of weeks. Yes, the thing, the, the, the tree <laughs> that you chopped down for I absolutely no reason. All right, Somebody that you paid someone down. to indirectly chop down for you that was alive, quite happily, soaking up carbon, and you chopped it down. And then you brought it to your house and you put it in, what, a bucket of cat litter or something, <laughs> and you covered it in plastic and you set fire to it. Okay, okay, it, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you there. You're making a point. Uh, I am a massive hypocrite uh, yes. because clearly, well, maybe somebody listening can has got the sort of uh, linguistic, uh, 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 what's the word? Skills? Gymnastic, gymnastics. Words? The linguistic words. The, the, the word skills, the word yes. skills yes. to get out, out of this. Probably they don't exist. I don't think there is a really sustainable uh, argument for having a Christmas tree in your house. Um nope. I have a Christmas tree in my house because I really like Christmas trees and the nice smell they make, and it makes me feel nice and all Christmassy. I did go. Is that the smell of death? That's basically the oh, smell of a Christmas tree God, dying. How do I and mute you? Tears. Just Christmas get you tree off tears. That's what it Where's is. It's basically, it's what it's exactly the same as like if you had a I don't know a, a, a child hanging on a hook in your room, and like as they were crying, you were saying what? Well, like the smell of crying child. That's basically <laughs> the same thing as a tree. Okay. Uh, well, I never I want like to Christmas go to Christmas at your house. <laughs> <laughs> you must be awful company. Uh, 
Right, let's let's crack on with this. Um, I, I probably could get a plastic tree. I don't know. And that must take a load of carbon to make. Uh, uh, probably does. Most of the world's Christmas trees are recycled, apparently. As in, sorry, most of the world's plastic Christmas trees are made of recycled plastic. That's the thing uh, I learned. I, think, I do vaguely remember seeing something about that. Yeah, uh, somebody once tried. To, somebody once tried to convince me at work that I should print out um, a, <laughs> a picture of a Christmas tree and stick it on the wall, and then put put this presents underneath that, and it acts as a massive space saver. I was like. Well, yeah, it does, but it's also miserable. <laughs> it's just like, I'm not doing that. Uh, yes, so Christmas tree's bad. Uh, what else happens at Christmas? Well, everyone stops so working. So everyone stops oh, working. Good, good thing. Yeah, yeah. so you st- loads of offices stop using all their electricity and heating and stuff. So yes, but that doesn't. That isn't any better either, is it? Because then you just go home and you heat that instead. And instead of one big space being heated relatively efficiently, you have two hundred people in two hundred little spaces heating it up, um, and you know using their ovens for ten hours a day to incinerate a poor dead animal. <laughs> go on. What else you got? Uh, <laughs> What else happens at Christmas? People donate more to charity. Ah, apparently. yes. That's that is a thing. good thing. That, yeah. The Christmas spirit, Dave. Yes. Um, although, yes. although, now people do give things to charities, don't they? But I tell you, what, what are the main charities you think they give to? Is it like, you know, a kid's charity or, mm. you know, an environmental charity perhaps trying to save the world? Is it those? <laughs> well, we, no, no, it isn't, is it? It's no, donkeys, pretty it's much. sodding yeah. donkeys. It's donkeys. <laughs> now, I've got nothing against donkeys. Right, oh, they're God. fine. They should be allowed to oh, exist dear, just really like any other animal, even the grey squirrel. Oh, uh, and I said it right that time. Very did, pleased. Yeah. Uh, but they honestly, like people, the amount of money people leave to donkeys, and you know why they leave that amount of money. It's because they like they've donkeys. got a brilliant marketing campaign, which is oh. to put TV ads on in the middle of the day when only old people are watching them and old people are there thinking oh I'll just rewrite, rewrite my will and, and you know carve it up between my kids and my grandkids and then this advert comes on and it's a donkey and it's voiced in the first person and it says something miserable like oh I work so hard day by day carrying the load of others and then I fall <laughs> I what's fall, wrong with, what's but wrong I have with, to get up again. Meanwhile, the, the old biddies can't dial the phone number that's emblazoned oh. on the screen fast enough. They're like, "Take it all, take what? it all for the poor donkey." What's wrong with donkeys? Nothing's you, wrong with so, donkeys. So, so okay, they, they, so what else? So, got like grey squirrels luxury. you hate, donkeys you hate. Who else is it you hate? What you, just, you. <laughs> Yeah, so look, it, it is pretty bloody difficult, I think, all told, to consider Christmas to be anything other than a terrible orgy of planet-destroying, joyless, empty, vacuous, economically inefficient, terribly dressed, stinky, argumentative tat. Still, so have a, a very, very time, nice everybody. time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you to the Golden Babble Awards uh, for 2015. We are looking back and celebrating the ultimate egregious eco-guff. And if that slogan isn't on t-shirts by this time next year, I will have failed. 
Uh, we, as, as you know, we look through some of the press releases and speeches and utterances from companies and politicians um, to see what nonsense they're talking ostensibly in the name of Going Green. And we had a lot of fun this year. So without further ado, Dave, uh, should we run through some of our favourites? Yes. So we have picked one runner-up of the Babble of the Year and one winner, uh, and we're going to play little clips of them both for you uh, because we're lazy and we can't be bothered to do no, anything new this week. because we are conscientious and we have your listening pleasure as our foremost priority. <laughs> exactly. All right. So the runner-up for Sustainable of the Year was episode 11 when we talked about Earth Hour. What a load of nonsense. Oh, God. Play the clip. Sustainable of the Week. So, Sustainable of the Week. Every week we have a little look at the egregious eco-guff out there, the nonsense spoken in the name of going green. And while we've always been having a bit of a pop at governments and uh, companies and oil drillers, etc., there are some other slightly more surprising people who've been babbling this week. Dave? Yeah. Um, It's been... Earth Hour this weekend, mm. um, which is the thing that, well, let's have a listen. We are the first generation to feel the impact of climate change and the last generation that can do something about it. But if you close your eyes, I'm using my power. I'm using my power. I'm using my power. To save the Great Barrier Reef. I'm using my power. I'm using my power. To raise children's awareness about the environment. To make our city more sustainable. To help business go beyond the hour. To save my forest. To save our home. Yes, that's right, that that set of earnest gibberish is the (laughs) annual festival known as Earth Hour, which is a thing that I think it started in 2007 by WWF in Australia in collaboration with a marketing agency. Um, And what it does is it it gets everyone to turn off the lights for an hour um, and it picks out... It started in Australia, so I think the first sort of things they did were like, you know, turn off all the lights on the Sydney Opera House and the Sydney Harbour Bridge and all of that sort of thing. And the idea being that you make a big kind of visible show of um, people's willingness to do something about climate change, right? And it's got bigger and bigger, and this year... um, all across the world, people were doing it. So you had the Las Vegas Strip turn its lights off, including the fake Eiffel Tower. And the real Eiffel Tower turned its lights off, but only for five minutes because, you know... It's, it's, the, Eiffel, it's the Eiffel Tower, isn't it? No. It's the Eiffel Tower, yeah. And, you know, Red Square went dark and all of that sort of stuff. And um, opinion, it is fair to say, is rather sharply divided on the thorny subject of whether or not it is a complete and utter absolute waste of everyone's time or at least i think it's divided what do you think <laughs> well i wouldn't say it's necessarily divided in this podcast uh no. not sure well no, we well we will explore the pros and cons i think we might have a fairly unified opinion <laughs> on this one yeah oh i don't i don't want to whittle on the woofers 
chips, but we might have to here. Uh, what's the... What does it achieve? Mm. And isn't it a massive distraction? I mean, OK, I like... You know, the, in, in their defence, they say it's a symbolic thing. It's not... I went on their FAQs just now to see how much carbon they've saved since they started the event by getting people to turn their lights off. And they upfront say, this is not a carbon-saving or emissions-reducing event. It's symbolic. It's like... Okay, well, all right, fair enough then. So they're hoping that everyone thinks deeply about the planet and their impact on it, I guess, when they switch their lights off or when the Eiffel Tower switches its lights off for five minutes. But isn't it it just a massive way of making you feel like you've done something useful so that you can just carry on? The rest of the time, what is it, one eight-thousandth of the year or something this hour? The thing that I've got a bit of a problem with, the more I think about it, um, is this, what is it you're actually doing? So you're turning off the lights, right? And you know Yeah, it's like like going to bed at night or something. Yeah, Yeah. or or shutting your eyes, right? And you know how, uh, or being a towel, just sitting in the dark. (laughs) And you know how, like, people like to have a go at greenies and accuse us all of wanting to go back to living in mud huts and, and... beating each other with sticks and unlearning the art of of fine wine and conversation and stuff. And this is exactly what they think we want. They think we want people to sit in the dark. They think, like, you know, people like your James Dellingpole and people who make fun out of us, they say, oh, these these greenies just want you to, to be primitive and sit in a cave and not have any light. So isn't it a bit weird to kind of be doing that as a way to show that we're serious about action on climate change? It's a bit exactly. odd, isn't it? Yeah, it's really, really odd. Oh, every time, every time I hear that, it makes me sick. Um, yes, Earth Hour. Well, fear not, Earth Hour will be coming round again next year. Oh, so God. we will we will have plenty of time to turn the lights off and look at stuff in the dark. Mm, put the date in your diaries, mm, but, but don't but don't put it on your electronic diary because you'll have to turn it off. <laughs> Very good. Okay, well, this is the moment everyone's been waiting for. Uh, Dave, do you want to? Uh, hang on, drum roll. Dave, do you want to announce the winner? Yes, the winner is Will I Am. <laughs> Bell dot end. Celebrity <laughs> doofus. So back in episode nine, we uh, th- I, I, I still consider this to be absolutely extraordinary, and I, because this is just a prime example. When I was talking to that, when I was talking to that BBC journalist, when I was doing that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah um, about yeah. about sustainable, um, you know, when I was getting all the you were doing for the, yeah. when, I, when I did that, um, uh, I said team to him, player, aren't there? There's no I in team, but there is a U in douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> When I was talking to that journalist, um, I told him that this is exactly the example of uh, of sustainable eco-guff. What it is, um, is... Well, have a listen. And what have we got this week, Dave? Oh, this is fantastic. This is just, just amazing. This is a wonderful concoction, a beautiful combination, a coming together of global television bellend, will I am, <laughs> massive international... Uh, is that his strap lines? Is that on his website? It probably is, yeah, it probably is. It's probably bell.end, isn't it? Uh, international 
drinks conglomerate Coca-Cola um, and one of the world's most expensive shops to come up with something which sounds environmental and when you dig into it is about as applicable to the planetary emergency um, as, uh, I don't know, uh, Richard Branson painting his house in a slightly greener sort of paint. What it is, um, what it actually is, is recycled clothes um, and more specifically taking plastic bottles and using them to make uh, clothes out of, which is not, I mean, you would think, looking at the press release that Coca-Cola and Will I Am have put out, you would think they had invented, you think they were the first people to come up with the concept, but I don't think they are. I'm pretty sure that fleece I've got over there has got, like, uh, some old recycled plastic bottles in it, and I think uh, my wife's got some leggings that have got, it's not a new concept, is it? No, I'm, standard. I'm yeah. it you were saying earlier, yeah. a lot of sportswear is just, you know, totally standardly using bits of recycled plastic. It's, um... yeah. Yeah, but, but obviously, you know, Will I Am, uh, who is the world's most fashionable and zany person, uh, doesn't <laughs> thinks that the problem with that is that everyone's worried about how good they look, and they think that if they wear clothes made out of plastic bottles, they will look like they're walking around wearing plastic bottles. So they launched this thing called EcoCycle, and you know it's green because it's got the word Eco with a K, um, and obviously cycle. it's a K. Obviously, obviously, obviously it's, it's a K. A K. Yeah. yeah, obviously it's a K, uh, which is a brand basically that. Uh, uses, as far as I can tell, whether the press release has been churned through the babble mincer, I'm really not sure about this, as far as I can tell, uses Coca-Cola bottles um, and use it come up, comes up with some sort of fabric, I think, which is then made into, you know, partially made into clothes and stuff. And this press release here is just full of prime babble it really is uh, you know that the eco cycle brand it educates and empowers consumers to proactively seek out more sustainable lifestyle choices by identifying everyday household products and recycling them into wearable and usable items which if you didn't know better you'd think meant they were identifying like a fork or a pot plant or a, or a toilet brush and turning it into a chiffon or something like that but given that the uh, purpose of this exercise is to make products you know accessible and transform people's perception of it i presume that we'll be able to get them in loads of shops and stuff will we because the whole point is make it sustainable make it every day make it accessible so i'm sure if i pop down to the spa at the end of my road they'll have the um the will i am range there but it doesn't say that in the press release in fact it does say it's only going to be going to be available in harrods third floor apparently which highlights uh commitment to offering customers the most innovative and luxurious products from around the world so, well, we better have a little look, see how much these are, see what they're selling and see how much they're going to cost. And um... Well, they'll be cheap, though, right? Because, you know, everyone needs to be able to afford these things. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. Just, this is about making recycled materials normal, yeah? Exactly, yeah. So what we've got on here, here we go, right. Got a little bag, a backpack. Well, that's kind of useful, you know. Could, yeah, yeah. Could picture Arabella trotting off to school in a nice recycled backpack. Hmm. Um, so let's have a look how much this costs. Well, why don't we ask her actually, Arabella? How much? How much does the medium Stark backpack um, cost you? One thousand four hundred and fifteen pounds. I'm so sorry, Arabella. I, I didn't didn't quite hear you. How much? One thousand four hundred and fifteen. Okay, Arabella, I want you to think about. I think you're having a little problem with your with your reading. Your your your, your this crazy talk. Can you just say one more time how much this bag costs? One thousand four hundred and fifteen pounds. Oh blimey! Okay. Uh, what the actual? It's it's a bag. It's a backpack. Look at it. What's it made out of? 
Nothing much. Just it, well, I tell you what it is made of, and you'd think that given all the guff we were talking to earlier, it would be um, you know 100% recycled. But it's 33% post-consumer, whatever. What's the rest of it? Unicorn tears and Jimi <laughs> Hendrix's g-string, or what? What is what's it made out of? Is it like studded with diamonds or something? Yeah, well, it's studded, but with like metal. I think they they call it uh, complete with the MCM logo and statement pyramid stud detailing. Who the hell spends one and a half thousand pounds? Who's got one and a half thousand pounds? I haven't got one and a half thousand pounds. Who spends one and a half thousand pounds on a bag in Harrods? Well, How the hell is that? It must be bloody well, will, will I, I am, am, isn't it? It must be. God's sake, there's more. There's more. And it's, there is, he's right, there is clothing. And for instance, the first thing you click on there, you see a picture of a um, presumably very wealthy man wearing a little bow tie. And I think, all right, well, maybe I can, um, I can get a little bow tie for my, my pennies. £50. Pounds. £50 pounds uh, for your recycled, your upcycled bow tie or whatever it is. The, the only people who are going to spend £1,500 on a bag or £50 pounds on a bow tie, or to be perfectly honest, wear a bow tie, are the sort of people <laughs> who walk down the King's Road just dropping diamonds casually out of their back pocket, kicking homeless people in the face for no reason, <laughs> setting fire to money. Just because, you know, because they're cold. Um, and they're about as far away removed from making recycling normal as it's possible. Again, the best thing those sort of people could do if they really cared about the planet is stay inside and give all their money to me. And then I would use it to buy a million kittens and make them safe. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you are inevitably going to turn into one of those crazy cat sort of old men who smells That's- of cat wee and don't know realize it but that's that's beside the point it turn is, into hmm? so, <laughs> yes i suppose it's only because you can't do smell on skype yet that's the only reason i don't know <laughs> that you reek of kitten piss <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> oh man Oh, God, it still does it, doesn't it? I just love it. It's still there. I had a check the other day on the Harrods website. Um, and uh, doing some Christmas shopping, were you? <laughs> That's right. Well, I thought, you know, see if they sell skull. Um, and <laughs> I had a check, and it's all still there, all that stuff, all that guff. Wow. It's still selling for, you know, these bow ties for £50 made out of a sliver of plastic. Oh, and, God. Uh, yeah, the, the medium stark backpack is still there, being sold for £1,500 or whatever it is. Um, it's all still there. And Will I Am is presumably very, very sustainably laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Tell you what, listeners, if anyone is feeling particularly charitable... Um, actually, I'll, put it, I'll do it the other way around. Dave, if any of our listeners were to buy you a yes. medium stark backpack... Would you promise to wear it for all of next year? Like use it as your bag for next year. Yes. Excellent. Right, you know what to do, <laughs> listeners. You know what to do. Bring the action. When you hear this in the club, you're gonna turn the shit up. In half of the Yeah. Folks, I'd like to sing a song about the American dream. So, in half of the year. 
I mean, I suppose it, it's Inhofe, really, isn't it? Uh, g- given that, you know, it's his section. but um, Pretty much, yeah. We should say, actually, we never did this. We need to give thanks to our friend Tom Pashby, who I think was the guy who came up with the concept of rebranding uh, Complete and Utter Nasty Toe Rag of the Week, which is how this started out, oh, to yeah, Inhofe of the Week. It wasn't our idea, it was a listener. Was thank you, not? Tom. Yeah, don't think so. I think it was Tom. Oh, uh, so thank thanks, you, Tom. Tom. And, and Inhofe of the Week and Inhofe of the Year, as you will know, regular listener, is named after American. Senator Jim Inhofe, who is a douchebag, complete and utter nasty <laughs> toe rag, and not a douchebag because I found out what that is. Um, and he took, he actually did it this year just to you know, prove what an Inhofe he is that he took a snowball into the Senate to prove that global warming isn't real. And as David Turnbull pointed out to us in episode. 30. Uh, this guy's actually in charge of loads of environmental stuff in America, so it's kind of troublesome. Anyway, uh, we named the section of our podcast after the person who has been the most irritating and awful and terrible on the environment. And this year, it's got to be, hasn't it? It has got to be Donald Trump. While people behind me are going Today I'm very proud of myself. You go over to China. 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 You take China. 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 I love them. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. I believe there's weather, I believe there's change, and I believe it goes up and it goes down and it goes up again, and it changes depending on years and centuries, but I am not a believer and we have much bigger problems. You know, I talk about global warming, you know, to me the worst global warming, and I mentioned this to you once before, is nuclear warming. Two thousand fifteen has been a very, very weird year, hasn't it? For lots of reasons. Yeah. You know, if you'd said in, in the beginning of January, right, Jeremy Corbyn is going to be leader of Her Majesty's opposition in, in the UK, you'd have been laughed out of town. If you also said Donald J. Trump was leading the polls to be the next Republican candidate for president, and and also leading it while saying some of the most reactionary, hateful, <laughs> right. disgusting stuff ever to come out of the, the, the mouth of human being, you also would have been laughed out of town. So it's fairly extraordinary. But he has been a thing. And, well, this is what he said about the environment. Could have picked pretty much anyone this week. But we had to come back to our old favourite. You know, you stick with what you know. If politics in this country has taught us anything, it's to stick with what you know. And so we're doing that. And our in-hoff this week is your man soon-to-be president of the free world, Donald Trump. Environmental protection, what they do is a disgrace. Every week they come out with new regulations. They make it Who's impossible. Who's going to protect the environment? They will be fine with the environment. We can leave a little bit, but you can't destroy businesses. We'll be fine with the environment. We can leave a little bit, but you can't destroy businesses. <laughs> what does he... What is... God. And I tell you what, like, so this time next year, if we're still babbling, I wonder... What do you mean if? What do you mean if? 
Well, I, well, We're going to well, have a staff of 20 in a weekly slot on the, on the I don't know, telly. <laughs> I'll tell you why, if. Because if this time next year Donald J. Trump is president of the free world and all-round most important person alive, I am going away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll probably be disappeared, won't we? We will uh, be disappeared. For, <laughs> for not being uh, Trump devotees. Yeah, yeah crikey Moses. Um, let's, fingers crossed, eh? Matt, perhaps we should do a prediction. Prediction for 2016. Donald Trump will win the presidency. There you go. Uh, I wish I really, really wish I could. I didn't have a horrible feeling about that. <laughs> prediction time. Well, that brings us rather nicely on to uh, prediction time. So we do have a, a slot every week, which Dave doesn't like because he's not very good at it, uh, <laughs> where we try to, well, as as the phrase now goes, we whap our crystal balls on the table, polish them up, stare into them and try to work out what's going to happen in the coming week. And um, we've not been brilliantly successful at getting things right, notwithstanding this week where I was spot on. Yay. Go me. Um, but we thought it might be fun to see <laughs> what was the worst of all of our hopelessly incorrect <laughs> predictions. There and is it's only a strong one. field. <laughs> There's only one candidate for this, though, isn't there? There's only one. Go on. Uh, without further ado, what did you say at the very, very end of April 2015? All right. So I've got a prediction. Very simple one. Ed Miliband's going to be Prime Minister. Yeah, look, what, uh, mm, uh, you got that wrong, in, didn't you? In fairness, in fairness, I was not alone in making that prediction. No, uh, you were the only person who said on Sustainable that was going to happen, though, weren't you? You're alone right now. Yeah, no, I feel alone. Uh, that was as wrong as it's possible to be. I saw him doing a, a speech in the House of Commons the other day, and I was like, I had forgotten about you. He just popped up in the middle of a debate, you know, to do to do something. Tell you what, though, interesting little aside, um, I was learning all about his... He's, you're going to hear a lot out of him next year on the whole green front because he's got this campaign that he's running to get the UK to, like, massively, massively quickly cut its carbon emissions. To be, I think he wants mm. us to be carbon neutral within 30 years or something like that. So, uh, yeah, he's going to... He's, he's, that's what he's doing now. You know, fortunately for the planet and not so fortunately for your prediction, he didn't become leader of the uh, country, but he is now going to go and try and save it instead. It's nice, isn't it? Am I tough enough? Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Schadenfreude of the week. Yeah. So yeah, and Schadenfreude of the week. I mean, it's a bit of a seamless link, really. In a spirit of politicians mm. saying good or bad things, we talked a bit earlier about Mr. Donald Trump. We loved episode 23A when this happened. <laughs> Turnbull in, Abbott out. Australia is to get a new Prime Minister its fifth in eight years after a successful leadership challenge in the ruling Liberal Party. Ex-Communications Minister Malcolm Ooh, Turnbull yeah. asked to <laughs> See ya! Oh, <laughs> such sad news oh. for all concerned. I think Apart this, from humanity. <laughs> I think this calls for a little bit of this. Of the week. We devoted an entire little mini episode 
<laughs> to laughing at Tony Abbott, scourge of the babble. Back in episode 18, we talked about him and this horrible stuff he was saying about coal. And low, he's, he's cropped up about two or three times as an absolute toe rag, right? Yeah. And then one day he got the boot. It was this sort of wonderful coup that happened in Australia where they just every now and then get fed up and get a new leader. And just um, knife their colleague knife in the their back. their colleague in the back and say, fair dinkum, and get another one. <laughs> and um, he got knifed, didn't he? He got rid of him. He's gone. He really he's did. I, I remember that so fondly. It was one of the few episodes we've done where we been in the same place uh, and we were just sitting in my flat laughing and laughing and laughing because he had gone it was wonderful a brief moment of unbridled joy in this otherwise slightly gloomy year and also, uh, who was the other one? Uh, you Canadian. What's oh, Harper. Uh, Harper, he's gone. Yeah. So he went See as ya. well. So these, it was quite for a while there until the rise of Donald J. Trump. It was looking like you were starting to not get very far this year if you thought climate change was a beastly, awful, made-up thing that was anti-scientific. It looked like that the public was losing interest in that sort of politician. But then, well, then Trump happened, didn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, Anti Inhoff. Uh, this is the section we didn't get to do every week because, frankly, there weren't always that many people being that great. But we did have a few, and just to show that not every high-profile white alpha male in America is annoying for the planet. Uh, well, last week, uh, this happened. So, in a in a dramatic change to the usual format, we're going straight in with Anti Inhoff of the week. Uh, this is the section where we we find the sort of heroes and sheroes of uh, climate action uh, who have surprisingly, against all odds, done something brilliant, and they don't come much more heroic than the Terminator, than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, what's he said, Dave? Oh, I love Arnie. So, um, Arnie used to be an incredibly large muscle box who went around punching people in the face and getting paid for it, right? Mm. Uh, And lifting weights and having a very small willy. Now, he... Wow, gosh. Yeah, don't you remember the um, Spitting Image song? Hang on, I'll play a bit of it. I make all the girlies sigh. I am physical perfection, but this one thing makes me cry. Yeah, my belly is tiny. My thingy is terribly small. Yes, he did all of those things, and he was uh, a very fine actor. He was was dog shit, but he was uh, a pretty decent governor of California, so he turned his hands, as everyone knows, to uh, governating, didn't he? And he was the boss of California for how long? Eight years, was it? Something like that. Something like that, long time. And one of them things that people maybe do or don't know about Arnie is that he's proper green, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's done a huge amount of solar. Um, he's, he's done a lot. Um, I mean, admittedly, it's California where solar makes a hell of a lot of sense. Uh, he's done a lot uh, to incentivize clean cars. Um, Is that he, by going up to people with dirty cars and threatening to punch them in the face? Yeah, I mean, I imagine, I imagine nudge theory doesn't really apply with, with Arnie, does it? It's more thwack round the face theory until, until you do what I say. Right? Wrong. Um, So he did that. Uh, He was well into the whole sort of um, 
emissions trading thing which they got going in California. Anyway, he's a big old greenie and he's and he's not afraid of, of talking about it either. He's not one of these shy greenies. Um he's not really no, shy no, anything, like, is he? Like you or I. He doesn't he doesn't, you know, hide his light under a bushel <laughs> like like you or I do. He goes out and he and he talks about it. And what he's been talking about uh, last week is the big mahusive climate shindig in Paris, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Um, and he's been over there, hasn't he? He's been there. He's been there where you're going. Yeah, he's been there. People have been furiously trying to take selfies um, with him. But more importantly, he came out with... He just did this this uh, sort of motivational speech, which, <laughs> I mean, any speech by on is going to be motivational. But um, he sort of dispensed with uh, the humdrum of, uh, you know, emissions this and uh, redu- ratchet mechanism that. And he just... Oh, hang on, just... I'll, I'll, I'll sexy ratchet mechanism music. Oh, lovely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that's so that good. That's my words. <laughs> and he said, anyway, he stood up and he said in a way that only Arnie can, I know there are cynics around here. He sounds a lot like you. <laughs> I know there are cynics around here when you walk around Paris that say there will be no treaty, that there won't be a Kyoto 2. There will be nothing like that, nothing that will be enforceable or they will have or that will have any teeth. Or simply that they say it is impossible. At this point, he unleashes all hell. Ladies and gentlemen, I have heard the word impossible my entire life. I never, ever listened to the naysayers. I eliminated the word impossible from my vocabulary. So when people say that it can't be done, I did it. Yeah, Arnie. Yeah, that's right. That's what you can say when you're the size of a house. I did nothing. The pavement was his enemy. Oh, yeah. Love Arnie. Go, Arnie. The thing I love most about it, I mean, it's not like Arnie was the only person this year to stand up and say great stuff. You know, Al Gore did it. Caroline Lucas did it. Loads and loads of people have said really good stuff. It's the the way he did it. It's the fact that this this Austrian muscle box just stood up and said, I don't give a... What you think, <laughs> <laughs> and then proceeded to say why if you don't sort out climate change, he was essentially going to come and lamp you. And I just, I loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. It was exactly what was needed for. This was the first week of the Mahusiv climate shindig in Paris, and it was exactly what was kind of needed to just give it that bit of glitz. Um, it's just that's good fun, wasn't it? Reasons to be cheerful. And that leads us nicely on, doesn't it, uh, by our toenails kicking and screaming, despite ourselves, to the reason to be cheerful of the year. Every week we try to find a reason to look on the sunny side. Doesn't always work. Usually we talk ourselves out of it. But there have been a few things happened this year that actually have been pretty blinking exciting. Yes? Yes, yes. Some big stuff. Uh, I guess one was Shell getting the hell out of the Arctic. Yeah, uh, that was very, very fun. Have a little listen to episode 25 for that one. Uh, but that was that was pretty seismic because I think given the money they'd spent over the length of period they'd spent it on drilling in the Arctic, the idea that they'd just back down 
um, seems unthinkable. So, woo, go Arctic. I mean, as mentioned earlier on in this episode, there's going to be bugger all of it left, but... <laughs> Stop it. We're being <laughs> Sorry. cheerful. Sorry, being no, cheerful. cheer, cheer. Being Good cheerful. news. Um, we had the thing that uh, about, uh, when was it? I can't remember when it was, but apparently it's looking like, and this has been borne out in recent days, maybe global emissions have peaked. So a couple of years worth of data now suggesting that maybe we're you know not making it much worse at the yeah, moment That's yeah, yeah small caveat though caveat that was power sector emissions power sector emissions but no there was something more recent the, 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 um, the international energy agency said maybe it looks like in general that's happening so yeah. uh, I, I know i know i know but and it's too early to tell anyway but still you know yeah. reason to be cheerful um, but i think you know we probably have to wrap the whole thing up we talked last week about the mahusive climate shindig in paris where all had just come back on the train it was extremely tired yeah. uh, <laughs> and um, we said we'd give a bit more detail about it well actually we aren't going to give a massive more amount more detail about this now what we're going to do in a couple of episodes time is we have an interview with someone who knows a lot more about it than we do who's going to tell us all about it whether they think it's a good thing so stand by for that but suffice it to say that at the end of a year of sort of ups and downs for the climate so we've actually had 196 world leaders all in one place all agreeing that they would try to keep global temperatures to 1.5 degrees which basically essentially means leaving most coal and oil and gas in the ground and doing that and celebrating it and cheering about it and it being this massive kind of moment i think it just felt like a good thing and there are a lot of problems with it a lot a lot, a lot of problems with it they're gonna be wrong but it's it's hard to be totally grumpy about it i i totally agree i think if you'd said at the beginning of the year that this is what paris was going to look like in terms of its outcome we would have grabbed it with both hands um so i'm determined to see the sunny side of this um and it is i think an excellent way to round off um a, a, an often cheerless year um with a bit of hope and inspiration for the future So that is about it for Sustainer Babble 36. Sustainer Bauble. Oh, yes. there it is. So there we are. I hope you are cracking open your mince pies and scraping the top off your nut roast and getting ready for a lovely <laughs> festive time, including with Are You Gonna See Arabella? I am going to see Arabella. I'm very excited about it. Arabella oh. is my six year old niece who has been a trooper on this show, uh, reading out some of the worst eco guff. Um, in fact, uh, we <laughs> wanted to play a little clip of one of the very rare occasions where Arabella's indefatigable, is that how you say that word? That's how you say that word. <laughs> indefatigable spirit uh, deserted her, and I think this is one of the cutest things I've ever heard. Without us, we would have to give back our award for the best beverage on Earth. Thanks, Earth. Oh, bless her. That was, that was a difficult one, wasn't it? She's normally a lot more chipper than that. Arabella, thank you very, very much for everything. Have a happy Christmas, and I hope Uncle Ollie gets you something very nice. Um, I reckon that's about all there is to say, really. Oh, thank you to all the guests we've had on this year, uh, including, and I must say thank you to Dr. Carl and Chris Packham, our Chris celebrity Packham. BFFs, who we interviewed back in episodes 23 and 24. Um, we uh, have another couple of interviews coming up, so stay tuned for them, and 
content. We'll be back with a normal Babble episode in the middle of January sometime. Yeah, and thank you as ever to Dickie Moore and his band Beargraft who do the music for the beginning, the end and the intertwinglings. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, send us a tweet at the Babble Wagon. Have a little search for us on Facebook. Just search for Sustainababble or go to our lovely shiny website at sustainababble.fish. And do let us know uh, what you like and don't like and let us know what your favourite bits of 2015 have been and what you'd like to see more or less of. Very good. All right, Dave, have a lovely Christmas. Don't eat too much. Don't be too miserable and miserly, will you now? I'll try not to. May the the, the seasonal joy fall down your chimney and (laughs) uh, knock a log onto your hearth. Euphemism? Probably. (laughs) Bye. Okay, bye.